Okay, the, the post office in town. When I was a kid growing up, it was at Hall Store. That was a dirty story. Uh, no, no, how they you, lost that. You're, you're gonna, you can't tease us. What is that story? Well, uh, Fred Hall had been over 20 years tradesman. Nobody had been both parties. Nobody had been, uh, and that's the only name I will use. But then there was another family in town. They were getting quite a few of them. Some of them were, and of course this was depression years. When Roosevelt came in, Fred Hall lost the postmastership because he did favors for people. You know, as long as the store was open, the post office was open. They were supposed to close at six o'clock. Well, the door to the post office did close. But Fred was working in the store. So if you came in, you hadn't gotten your mail, he would go in the post office and get it for you. Can't that way anymore. No. <laughs> and so then they moved it down to Whitcomb store. Yep. And uh, there were a lot of people that were very uptight about it. Why? Uh, Fred had been there, I guess, over 25 years. Everybody was used to Fred. Sure, when I go do my shopping, when I get home from work and I'm going grocery shopping, I can pick my mail up. Mm -hmm. This other clown, they closed it by the top, I think it was. Even though it was in a store, the store was open, but you couldn't get your mail. Uh, and you see, back in those days, the workday went until 5 o'clock at night. No consideration. I only get paid from 8 to 5. Who said it was all Fred got paid? But sometimes you go in at 9 o'clock, and if they were still open, you could get your mail. That was a better system. Yeah, and yeah. people resented it. So why, why the change from Fred to whomever? Who became the postmaster? Clarence Morris. Democratic Party came in. Gotcha. Clarence Morris? Morris. Morris. It was um, Odie's daughter's husband. Got it. And sometimes I don't think he could get out of his own way, but uh, that's another opinion of mine. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about the ski hill. Do you remember this? Yes, I remember that. The did one you thing ever I, ski there? No, but one thing I did remember, I was going to Sunday school one Sunday, and uh, they were skiing there. And uh, I came out of Sunday school, was coming, uh, going to come ahead, and of course you can actually look over to see what was going on over there. I could see a pair of skis up in the air, <laughs> but nobody. Oh, no. <laughs> they were moving <laughs> by themselves. Certainly uh, <laughs> the guy had Okay. His feet was up in the air. I and that's see. all you could see. His head was somewhere in the snowbank. Uh, who ran the ski hill? There was two brothers, and I forget their name. And then Mason Fenman and a couple of other people ran it for, tried to run it for a little while. But uh, I, did, I did run into somebody. He says, you know, I was sorry to see the... When I said I came from Brookline, he said, oh, I know where that is. And many of the other people said, you know, I'm from Brookline, New Hampshire. Oh, where's that? He says, oh, I know where it is. And I 
looked at him and I said, you're the first one down here I met that he knows that there's a Brookline, New Hampshire that exists. They used to come up here every Sunday morning to go skiing. No, not kidding. How wonderful. And he said, uh, and I said, well, it just didn't take off. He says it was the nearest place for a day's drive to Boston of any ski area. Hmm. And he was, a, he uh, ran a sports store. Wonderful. So they used to come up and, they, and there were quite a few of them came and they lived in Weymouth. There was quite a few that came up, uh, his family that came up and they skied all day. Then they'd drive by at night and have dinner. Wonderful. But that's my main memory of the ski area is that pair of skis in the air. So the guy's on his back and is kicking his skis. <laughs> he had, they said he had fallen. He took quite a fall. Didn't get hurt. This is all the snow. Did they have a tow rope, a mechanized? Yes, they eventually did. Uh, my brother Sonny had something to do with that. He helped put the thing together. Because he's he was pretty good at mechanics. I'm wondering if when you were a kid, every year there was a parade or fair. Oh, we had, what was it, second week in August? I found some of those papers. Of, uh, and there was one year we had a parade. And we had a girls' club, one of our Sunday school teachers. She, she um, took the class, and we organized a little girls' club. And we had the sign, Welcome. There were seven, I think there's seven letters, W-E-L-C-O-M-E, -E, there seven letters. Each girl carried it, and they were on poles or whatever you want to call it, Ugh. and you and you held them, and you you held it one end of, your, of yours and the end of the other letter next to you on each side, so it was all one. Got it, one word, so you marched together. Yeah, and said welcome. What was the occasion? It was a, it was all home day. Okay. But poor, <laughs> we all were waiting on table that day because they served dinner. Where? In the Damas Academy building. Downstairs or upstairs? Up, downstairs. In the basement? Yeah, the, that was a banquet hall. Always was when I was around here. And uh, you never saw mo any more drowned, seven drowned rats than we were. Do you remember who they were by any chance? I th I'm not sure. There's some of the girls that belong there, myself. Lita Austin, I think Lucy Jensen, they're all gone. Mm. I'm the only. I don't know whether Bakita was in that, Bakita Moss now, whether she was in, she's out. No, I understand she's in Florida. She's retired in Florida. Her husband is, I should say. Uh, well, was there a yearly event other than home, yes. old home days? Old home week. Old it, home week. Yeah. They had something going most every day. But, uh, what sort of stuff? Friday night, I think there was a, a dance or something. Uh, the church women had something on during the week. 
uh, and the fair was Saturday, and it was like a, oh, music park, however you want to, it's down the town hall there, they would have uh, things on, out in there. Something else we had here in town during the de uh, Depression was lawn parties. Tell me about that. It was a lawn party. It was a big party. They had, I know one of the special things they had was turtle races. Ever see a turtle race? I don't think so. Well, my father and brothers used to go, I think it was for Lindy Pond they used to go up there, catching turtles. Maybe, and they had a very big round thing. There were a lot of holes in them, and the holes were numbered. And the uh, turtles had little insignias on their, pasted on their backs. And uh, they dumped, they put them under a tub in the middle of this circle. And then they picked the tub off. And the first one threw a gate, they used to call them gates, won a prize. Where, where was it held? Down in back of the town hall. Who was in charge? It wasn't a private party, you're saying that? No. Uh, different organizations in town okay. would run the lawn party. The Grange ran them sometimes. The Legion ran them sometimes. Uh, and I think the church uh, women's club ran them. Would there be food? There would be food. There'd be ice cream. There'd be snacks. And uh, there'd be dots. There'd be throw dots. And there was bingo. We sat down and played bingo. Oh, Bino. At one time it was called Bino. And uh, that's the way they made their money in the Depression years. The organization? Do you remember movies at Town Hall? Yeah, that was later on. But also the firemen, for several years, ran dances, one dance a month, and raised money to, to put a down payment on a new fire engine farm. Where was, before the present location, where was the fire department building, or was it always in that location? Oh, it's that little building on the, the third in the side of the hill. Oh, the ambulance thing, whatever it is. They took it at one time, right. yeah. Right, okay. Now they use it for storage. Right, right. It's built into the hill. Well, that reminds me, there was that little building that used to be the post office. Was that before your time that was near that building? Uh, yes, that was... I think, I'm not sure whether that was the first or second post office building there, but they were right there. And that went there because it was moved. They sold it. Uh, when I started knowing there was a post office, it was at Hall Store. Okay. Then it went down to Wickham Store. Yeah. And then after that, they built the one up where it is now. The people decided we should have a post office, not in somebody's store. And I guess they get on to the post office department next and... Uh, that it, Bill? And the uh, post office department agreed that we should have a separate building. But they never had any problems with it. The sewers were all on his people. Let's see, uh, across from uh, 
the Whitcomb's house, the former Whitcomb's store, the former post office, is th those apartments. Yeah. For all of your life, has it been apartments? Yes, it has. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, that was at one point called the Mississippi Inn or something like that. Do you remember any name like that for it? No? I don't remember that being. There was the Elmwood Inn. Yes. That is there, and uh, that used to have quite a building for a kitchen, and that burned, but the house didn't burn. Yeah, that's across the street from them. Well, across his, Elm Street. His, his Whitcomb store, yeah. there's a road that goes up there that dead ends. Yeah, I think that's Elm Street. And then, then next is the Elmwood, okay. the main house. But there was a big fire. Yeah, in, yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. And they were able to say that what was there, they never rebuilt it. Because it had become a home then. Okay. Oh, yes. That is where, uh, why I remember the election of 1928 so well. The Democrats in town had a meeting there. And for a change, they decided the men would invite their wives. Because this was only the second election that win women could vote. And, uh, and they knew they had to get the women involved because of the candidate beliefs. And uh, my father took my mother, and I, they took me down with them because Grandpa George used to babysit for Mama and Daddy when they, had to, they went away. And uh, they wouldn't leave me with him. But Grandpa was always very kind to me, never abused me at all. So. Um, uh, I went down and I played with uh, Cervello. They had a daughter. Who's they? They were the owners of the inn. What was their name? Their last name was Cervello. Oh, One was Irma Cervello. What the heck was the guy's name? Anyway, they gave us, their daughter and I, a supper up in her bedroom, and we played with dolls. <laughs> Why they had their chewing time downstairs, <laughs> and they had dinner there too. Did your father have a hard time breaking into Brookline because his, his father was from out of town? Well, no, Daddy came here when he was a small boy. He had his schooling all here in Brookline. So I, I don't think he, he did it with that from what he and other people I've heard say here in town, or from the old people, that it was no picnic. What do you mean? It was a, it was a hard life. Uh, it was pretty much all laborious, uh, lumbering. Uh, I know that I heard people say that my father's father could lay, lay up a, he was a very good uh, stonemason, he could lay up a, a wall 
stone and, and I've seen some things he's done. And he did, he had a nap. I have a nephew that's good. God help him. Slow and comalosis going uphill. Hard work. I'm willing to bet, because I, I was watching Grover one time working on a fire. He built this fireplace. I bet he turned the stone around not less than 15 or 20 times. He's an artist. He wants to get it right, huh? It's, well, you see, back when my grandfather laid them up, they didn't use concrete. They laid them up drywall. That would be hard. Which reminds me, you know where I live? Yes, I do. Who do you remember as far back as you can go living there? Janine Athagoth. I think they moved there when they got married. That was long before I was even thought of. Uh -huh. Did you ever go up there? There was somebody else that, lived, uh, that bought it right after they died, and they modernized it. Yes, I re remember going up there. The kitchen was a big room. I don't know what it's like now. But she had a stove in it, and there was a sink. What kind of stove? A wood-burning cast iron? Yeah, yeah. Black, black iron stove. Because I was only a little, a little girl when I went in there. Hazel was their daughter? Yeah, and she lived across the street in that other house. George Davis was her husband. Did they build that house? I think uh, Arthur Goss and Jenny had it built for their daughter when she and George got married. They were a friendly family. Why do you say that, if I can ask? They didn't mix with people very well. And they seem to, in my estimation, children should be seen and not heard. Can you imagine me abiding by that? I remember Hazel. She was one quiet little woman. Yeah. She was no dummy either. Really? But you had to take in the... This is what so many people... And I had arguments with people. They don't take into consideration the situations they lived under growing up. You know, that space out there has an awful lot of uh, influence on a person's life. I know my own self, because uh, I get myself into trouble because I say what I think. That isn't the best thing in this world. Well, it's not without its uh, price. What? It's not without its price. I know. I said, well, I'd rather somebody tell me what they truly thought than to beat around the bush. Because I'd like to know where I stand. Well, let's see. I'm, I'm being selfish here, but let me ask you some more about uh, my house. Uh, do you remember the barn? Yeah. Do you remember if they had animals in the barn? I understand, I don't remember them having any, but I understand her parents 
I don't know where Arthur Goss came from. As far as I know, he grew up from a tree or something. <laughs> Nobody seemed to know much about Arthur Goss. I, I've heard uh, was he he was a, did he collect taxes or something? Talk to the town into buying a car or something? Do you know this story? No? Well, he uh, came into town and he thought and a lot of people that are coming into town. I don't know where he came. I don't even know because he was here when I was a kid, and they used to have a dog that was a pain in the neck, although. Sometimes he did some things very good, because he used to raid people's houses. He raised at our house, but I can remember one year at Christmas time, Mama bought a goose, this, something that year, I don't know why, but everybody was talking about the image cooked goose for Christmas. Okay. And, uh, and he's English. I don't know what he was. No? Oh, maybe it's Hazel's. Hazel's uh, husband English. I have no, no idea. No. What okay, he, don't let me interrupt. Go ahead. And uh, we decided. Well, Mama had no, because uh, they had nothing to do with us buying a, a goose. They'd been quite a bit in the paper, and we had the radio. At that time, my mother said, uh, "I'd like to try a goose," because my father used to do a lot of hunting. So she bought a goose. And she stuffed it, baked it. It was as pretty as a picture. And they cut into it. The goose was bad, and it never showed any badness. It was rancid. You could, so Mother left it in his pan, and the other hat was suppressed. This was probably Christmas of 39, 38, 39. Left it outside on a snowbank to freeze it and do something with it. Next one we got up. Mrs. Goose was gone. All we could see was some dog print. And we and uh, the story used to be people. Some people used to say the dog used to have to go. Um, seeing what you could find at night, because they didn't feed him properly. <laughs> so we always felt that uh, their dog came down and relieved us of that thing. We didn't have to get rid of it. Uh, the, the next house up uh, on uh, Old Melford Road, uh, it burned down at some point. Matthew. Did you know the Matthew? Oh, he wasn't on all Milford Road. He's up here off Mason Road. Excuse me, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, he's off Mason Road up here. Uh, there were two houses there. That was the funniest setup that God ever created. She came from Groton, and apparently from a nice town. I have many, many times said, how did she ever get mixed up with him? Because he was quite a bit older than she. What's his name? Uh, William Matthews, but her name was Gilson. I said, how did she ever get mixed up with him? What kind of a song and dance did he give her? I couldn't even imagine, because they were like night and day. And uh, 
He had a house up there, and she had a house. They both burned eventually. I think he has burned, I'm not sure which one. One of them burned first, and then they had to live in the same house. And, uh... He's saying that husband and wife lived in two different houses? Oh, yes. Oh, you'd be surprised some of the stories here in town. Hmm. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> Brookline was full of very independent people. I've heard that. I. You never saw a whole group of people that were so cotton-picking independent. Maybe that's why I'm independent. My son gets mad at me. I says, look, I've taken care of myself all these years, and I'm not about ready to be told that I have to do this and I have to do that when I know I can do what I want to do. <laughs> well, I admire that. But, uh, oh yes, oh, there was another family in town that had the same thing. I'm trying to think of who, but it was way before my time because I heard stories about it. And I haven't given a thought to it for years, so let me just play with things, things and sometimes things come to me that I'm not even thinking about them, and they're suddenly... I understand. That's, yeah, it's, it's hard to catch those memories. You have to sneak up on them sometimes. Oh, yeah. Would you like to see some pictures of me when I was a little brat, a sure. saucy little brat? I have a school picture here too, but somewhere, of all the kids in the five grades, I think the five grades up at the old Norfolk, I mean, uh, Norfolk Street School. Okay. There's my oldest brother, Sonny, and there's Sassy me. Pretty little, pretty you are. Wow. I still get the same fine, fuzzy, Hair. <laughs> Never change. This is Georgie when he came, my brother George when he came home from the service. He was in the occupation forces for Japan. He can tell you some stories. Really? Oh yeah. Now who's that? That's not George, is it? That's Sonny. Oh. He was in the Air Force. He worked on the B-29. He never got out of the country. What is that building? That's a well house. Who's well house? That's the house over on uh, uh, Cleveland Hill Road. Oh, oh, yeah. That's the well in that. There's see the chain that goes down. Chain that went down to a bucket. Yeah. And then you pull the chain that wound up. Did, did this uh, the house that was on this location have a a well also? Yeah. How'd you get the water the at, across the street? It came down 500 feet to a shutoff. Okay, so... And we used to have a watering trough out there. Huh. Fred Fonzus had it for horses. And, uh, and then it came across the road, underneath the road. Daddy had to take it up one time and he put all the, you know, the little... Pipes. Pipes. Yeah. And uh, it comes across the road. And it's provided us with, uh, we had a lot of fun with that one. And, uh... What do you mean? 
We get in fights in the house. The first one to the sink won the battle because we turned the water faucet on full blast, put up it, and we could go all the way around the kitchen with water. So it was so strong, the pressure was that strong? It's coming downhill 500 feet. Can you imagine what the pressure is at the cellar? Wow. And then it goes down and it went into the cellar. Okay. That's, that's wonderful. The force was that great from the gravity. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, forgive me, I interrupted you as you were... I was going to say, you've got the... Uh, that's Clarence when he was about eight years old. Uh-huh. That's another picture without the hat. Uh-huh. Was he the baby? Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, there was eight years between he and Frankie. Wow. And they spent me... And that's definitely. And here's a little, a little one of the. Um, well, these are just wonderful. Just yeah. wonderful. Oh, these uh, are other people. Mm -hmm. We don't know. That one's taken in about 1917. Who's that? That was my husband's cousin, Don Main. Mm -hmm. But look at the dre dress. You know, see how they dress. I also have a mother and father here somewhere. That's what fascinates me, is the dressing there. See you how know, they dress? That's in Maine. Well, those are precious. You know, it's so important that people write the uh, name of the people on the yeah. back of a photograph, because so many times that's lost. I hate to see that. That woman was born in Chatham, New Brunswick. You know where that is. Not really. New Brunswick, I know. I don't know Chatham. No, it's on the Atlantic Ocean. Right, okay. Yes, because uh, my mother-in-law was born there, and she used to tell they'd have so much snow that it would be up to the second floor window. They used to go out their bedroom window on a sled. Wow. Because they were right at the Miramichi River. It's one of the big rivers up there. Okay. And it used to freeze over there, and she said, we had so much fun sliding out the bedroom window. <laughs> How did they handle snowy roads in Brookline, uh, in your memory? Oh, I remember those bee plows, wooden bee plows, and on the bottom of them that went along the road, there was a strap iron on the bottom. Like a sled? Yeah. But okay. it, was a, it was about that wide. Yeah. Did your dad do that? Yeah, he drove... That I can remember that. I remember when he got uh, the first blade plow, and they had a crank inside. It had, you had to have a second man with you uh, to operate the plow. There was a wheel came into the, and there was a long iron that went out to the plow, and you'd turn it, and the, it would angle the, the right. plow. Right. Well, you remind me of uh, Del uh, Del uh, Porter, who told me about uh, driving a snowplow with the candle on the front dash to try yeah. to de defrost the window. Um, the, the Porters, uh, did, did they have cattle out behind? They had uh, a farm. Porters had a farm. Uh, Smith had a chicken farm. Nutson had a 
No, not nuts and feathers. Or was it nuts and... They were both fins anyway. And, uh... And I know my father and my brothers went with my father up at night. In the fall, oh, it wasn't always in the fall, in the summer. I forget how long, when the chickens got to a certain size, then they went out chasing them. That must have been fun. And they did it on a nice moonlight night. That's nice. Get their exercise, don't they? I bet. And then they crated them. And uh, I can remember, you're asking what I remember, the railroad station. I can remember the cow farmers here. I can remember milk cans being down on the front of the... Uh, Train station there? The train station, yeah. yeah. And they load them on the train and they go to Boston. Mm -hmm. But they had refrigerated, they had ice packed mm -hmm. cars. Okay. And uh, a lot of kids used to like to come along uh, to, the tra uh, to the station because sometimes they, the trains would lose some of that ice. Imagine how primitive it was. Amazing the amount of work to make it all happen. Ice yeah. from the winter packed in sawdust. A lot of work. What did they? Uh, what are they doing with Fessenden Mill? They uh, made barrels. Oh. They sawed out lumber too, but they also made barrels. And they were quite. I guess when they started here. That's, that was their primary, it was making barrels. Did your father ever work there? Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I forget. It was something that went with the barrels that they wrap around the barrels. The hoops? Not the hoops. You made them from, it was a special tree. Oh. Small tree. Uh, and the hoops are made out of the wood? Yeah. Oh, I know, I can picture that, but I don't know what the tree is. Uh, well, there's some trees that they, when it's green, it's very bendable. Hickory? I don't know what they were. No. And uh, we had several barrels, but they all burned up. And he used to make boxes, because he made the boxes to ship the cranberries in. Originally, the cranberries were shipped from Brookline in barrels, just a hundred pounds of cranberries. And then, uh, we used to pick them up on the, uh, they scooped them. And uh, they used to pick them up on the cranberry bog in barrels. Then they'd bring them back here to the house we had one section of the house where we stored them in ra in racks to, for them to ripen, ripen. And uh, we had a wintering machine that we dumped the berries in, and they came out the end, and they went right into the box, and the box was capped. They were all good, but there were three drawers. The first drawer was pretty good. The second drawer wasn't too bad. The third drawer, the animals shut it. Mm -hmm. Was this cranberry 
field, what do you call it, bog? Or yeah. Was it worked only by your dad or were there other people? No, who uh, we kids had to pick, coming home from school, we changed our clothes and we went down on the cranberry bog until night, till dark, picking berries. And that's what we did Saturday and Sunday. Uh, how old were you? When I started school. So like six, seven? Yeah. Were there any other small operations in town other than like the, the chicken farms? And, okay, the turkey farms. Turkey farms. Oh, there was a lot of little, prior to my time, uh, there was a lot of little sawmills. There was Pearly Pierce Mill, there was Shattuck's Mill, there was Joe Goo's Mill. Were these people around in your time? Oh yeah, Joe Gill. Joe Gill had the best garden, best asparagus and raspberries. Where was he? Joe uh, Dupont Gould Road, okay. house way up at the end there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it burned somewhere along the line, but uh, he must have had very good land because he used to uh, raise vegetables and he peddled them. Okay, how would he peddle them? He'd walk down. He never had a car. He had a little tray. I can remember it having asparagus, because he'd have it, you know, round up in a little roll, an elastic around it, and he'd have them sitting up on the uh, tray. And when the, he sold them all, then he'd go back home. So he'd walk carrying his tray? Tray down. And would he knock on the door? Or? Oh, yeah. He knew he had his customers. That he, that his mother used to buy raspberries for him. He had the best raspberries. Well, where was his mill? It was a different ghoul. Oh, okay. I think it was a different ghoul. Because okay. the ghouls were here for a few generations. Okay. Yeah, Russell really had the biggest, biggest farm, I would say. Hmm. And uh, then you had a lot of chicken farms and turkey farms and milk farms. There were several people that had one or two cows. They used the milk they needed and any spare, they sold. That's the way a lot of people did here. They raised gardens, used what they needed, and sold the rest. How about fruit, trees, something, orchards? Is there, do you not remember an orchard? Yes, we had some trees over on Cleveland Hill Road. Uh, yes, there was a big orchard up on Old Milford Road. You know the red house up there where they, I don't know, do you remember the big barn that was with this red house? I don't, not yet. You know, do you know where my brother's, uh, Sonny lives? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. I think it's the next house about him at the top of the hill. I know what you're talking about. Did you know where Elwin Van Pelt lived? Yeah. Okay, that, that's on the other side of the road, but up just a little. Okay. Okay, there was a big barn there, two, two and a half stories, it had a big pitched roof. This, uh, Luther Breck bought the place for a summer place. There was a big apple orchard, almost every apple you could think of out there. We used to go pick the apples in the hall, because Daddy used to be a cafe for When anything went wrong up there, he'd, she'd get a call from Mrs. Breck. The hurricane uh, 
What did the hurricane take off the house? In 38. That's something else we have. It was some fixture on the top of the roof that just <laughs> just went. Maybe a cupola or something. You know. Well, whatever the, the old farmers used to put on the top of their houses. Do you have any recollection of when the Camp Tevye started and they bought that land? That was after the ice house had burnt. Yes, ma'am. Uh, it burned in 35. You know the town had a chance to buy that. And there was one group of people that had pretty much, Brookline did pretty much what they wanted them to. And uh, they didn't want, they didn't have enough people around to have control of it that the town owned it. They had a special meeting for that, and I can remember that very well. And there was a lot of sore heads in town. If they had known any one person that had been responsible for it being voted. Uh, now you're being too vague. I got to push you a little bit. Uh, I don't know just who they. Oh, I know who, who the people were. They'd been quite powerful in town, and they were losing their power. And they thought if the town bought, they'd lose that too. They'd lose any power over the. Uh, it was offered to the town for ten thousand dollars. All the all the ice house land. All the land. And did the people voted it down? They voted it down. My father was tearing. Mm -hmm. So went a lot of other people that had worked and worked and worked to get people to vote for it. But this other gang was working. I don't understand what was in the interest of one people to oppose it, and why was in the other interest of the other people to support it. Uh, because they thought it would be good for the town. Oh, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, they had voted it down. That next winter, it was the only lake around that had frozen ice. A frozen ice deep enough to cut her. The only place in town. There was enough ice taken out of that pond the next winter that would have paid for it. Wow. So men individually in their own personal capacity went out and cut ice, is that what you're saying? They came in from all around here because uh, Lemonster, uh, Fitchburg, because many places still had individual ice houses. Yeah. They came in from all around here and cut ice, paid absolutely nothing except the cost of uh, uh, harvesting it. Who, who got paid that money? Nobody. Uh, they collected, they sold the ice. Which they? Uh, the people that had cut it. Oh, I see. Okay, but they were they. Did they have free access to the ice? They just yep. cut it and sold it. Yeah. Okay. What What did your dad think would have been good for the, the property? Uh, public beach. Hmm. That's a beautiful beach. I don't know whether you've ever been over there or not. Yes, the ice company used to let us use the beach underneath the uh, uh, piers. The sand is beautiful. Forgive me, did your dad ever tell you anything about the Indian... Uh, Grave, yes. What do you remember? Where was it? What did he find? It was under... I think it was this end of... 
You probably can get more detail and you might be able to do it because you're a town officer. Harvard University came up. The state allowed Harvard University to come up and take what they wanted from the cemetery. Do you remember, uh, do, do you remember what your dad said about how they were discovered? They were driving for pilings for the ice house and they came onto the grave. The graves, not, not a grave, just graves. Did he tell you what he saw? He said they were short. He, you know, I don't know what you learned about them in school, but we always was pictured they were tall, long legs. Daddy said they weren't. They were short. And dark skin. And also, I think he said some of them had uh, implements buried with them. I wonder what became of that. I, I know that, that Harvard took some and... The universe, uh, the uh, museum, Harvard Museum, took, uh, the state allowed them to take what they wanted. And then they had to uh, bury the uh, cemetery back up again. Oh, they did? Oh, yes. They closed it up? Oh, yeah. And left it undisturbed? Yeah. I wonder where it is over there. Well, there's a paper here with a picture of the ice house. Yes, ma'am. It's yellow. It was out on the back porch. <laughs>